Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I am Joe DeLeon, and with me as always, my co-host Ryan Roberts. Today we are going to be doing our Edge Scouting Report episodes, talking about two of the top guys, two guys that actually I think are probably going to end up being Edge 1 and Edge 2 for the 2024 NFL Draft Class. And we're talking about Jared Verse from Florida State. We're talking about Lietu Latu from UCLA, two guys that are getting hyped up a ton all that coming up here, Ryan. Let's let's start off with Jared Verse. I want yes. I want to start off with Jared Verse, somebody who I was really excited about in the preseason, and uh-huh. justifiably so. He was somebody who I think that we had painted as a potential player to go in the twenty twenty three NFL draft that could have been highly selected. Yep, I was bullish enough to say that this was a top ten pick. I still really like Jared Verse, and I'm not really saying that I think he played poorly. Yeah. But I feel like I've cooled just a little bit that I think this is more of a top 15, top 20 pick because so many other positions have so much more talent that I think are going to get valued more, if that makes sense. Uh, it's fair because I, I think the thing with Jared is that you were still expecting a nice jump in 2023 because, I mean, for the people that don't know the backstory, he's two years at Albany. And then obviously with, you know, the transfer portal had the opportunity to go to to Florida State he was actually a zero star recruits for people that didn't follow and he had more catches as a senior 15 than total tackles as a senior well, only 13 total tackles which is just wild same just weird but you saw him as a first year player at Florida State 17 tackles for loss nine sacks even though he was banged up a little bit and if you turn on the LSU tape from 2022 like it was stupid man like it just didn't make any sense it was just pressure after pressure sack I think he had two sacks in that football game like he was just incredible and he was pretty incredible that whole 2022 season 2023 Joe I think it's just more a case of he was just kind of the same right like he was he was still very good it was just you expected him to take a significant jump in 2023, which I just don't think he took necessarily. And I don't know why that happens. I mean, I'm not even talking about the production. It was just from an impact perspective. I just thought he was kind of the same guy he was the year before. Yeah. I think it's just kind of cutting maybe what the, what the upside is with Jared, like still a very good player, but is he a top five caliber player in any given year? Probably not. He's probably not that type of player. I think that's a really good way of putting it because over the summer, you're thinking to yourself, this guy was good enough to go in the top 15 of the last draft. So yeah. reasonably, one would assume that the progression would occur. He comes back for another year. Yes. He plays on one of the best teams of college football. He would improve, and then he would go on to be an even higher pick. But 
like you talked about here, I don't think he set a ceiling, but I just think that he he improved a little bit. I think also it's worth noting it felt like there was a little bit more intentionality of directing plays away from him, and we sure. saw the guys opposite of him were very productive this year because of the, that fact, and he didn't put up nearly as many sacks until uh, the final stretch of the season. I still think that with with him, you see all the you know all the requisite traits that you love for an edge rusher. He's explosive, the power you start to see that power profile, and there's you know the play from a couple of years ago, a couple of plays against uh, LSU, as you mentioned, where yep. he's just beating up on those LSU tackles and he's just physically dominating them. We saw that on Emory Jones is still has nightmares from that game. (laughs) Right, exactly. And and the other thing too, that we still see this year from him, he's got really good acceleration. He's got really good closing speed. He's somebody who closes down really well. I think that he's productive, but could have been so much more productive if he had just a more developed technical uh, base, if you will. I, I feel like he was still just kind of relies on being stronger than guys and more powerful and doesn't really have the moves necessary to go from being, I'm going to out-athlete you to I'm going to really kick your ass and I'm going to make plays every single time I'm on the field. It's fair because I think that what Jared does best, and you already mentioned it a little bit, but he is incredibly explosive. I guarantee he runs a stupid 40 and maybe has a really good broad jump. I mean, he is very explosive and he's really powerful because of it. This is a speed to power converter. He's not necessarily the loosest athlete of all time as far as like bendy outside track type of dude. He's yeah. more set you up outside, go down the barrel of your chest and be able to create power. Like that's more what his is. So he's going to be much more of a speed power converter inside counter type of player. And with that, I think that there are some moves that he needs to add to his arsenal. I would agree with you in that sense. If he adds a couple moves, I think this guy could still be a double-digit sack a year guy. Like he's that potential to me on the next level. It's just going to be about diversifying the 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 toolbox a little bit because he's never going to be just an outside track bendy dude. This is not his game. He is a bull. He's a guy that's a little bit tightly wound in the hips, but that's yeah. also the best part of him is that he can create a lot of power through his hips and through his core. So I think that he's a perfect speed and power converter. I think he's a high effort player as well. And I think he's strong as an ox. So there is still development that could happen, but not the physical development, right? Like you could talk about some guys sometimes where you're just like, you know, the development they need is from a physical perspective. They need to add weight. They need core strength. I don't need that from Jared Verse. I need Jared Verse to be coached up and be technically a little bit more proficient as far as his plan of attack. If he can, then I think he's going to end up being worthy of a top 10 to 15 overall pick because he still has stupid explosiveness and power, man. Like really uh, close to elite level of power, in my opinion, for his position. I still, yeah, that's the real key here. This is why that this guy is still going to be a first round pick in my eyes. And I think that when we look at some of these other edge rushers in the class, that it is really not anywhere near the standard level that we've had over the past couple of years. I, I actually wouldn't be shocked if we don't have a guy go until like maybe pick 14 where Buffalo right now is currently projected. I, I actually gave him number Denver. four. I, I put him at number four, man, still. Because I, really? I still think there was going to be a demand for him. Like I still think there's going to be a demand yeah. for an edge that high, man. I really do. So, I mean, it's possible though. You're, I, would I be shocked if you're right? No. Do I still think there's probably going to be a demand Wait. for an edge? 
Yes. Wait a minute. You yeah. had him to the commanders in your mock draft? Yes, dude. Who's their edge rushers right now? Who are their edge rushers right now, Joe? I don't disagree with that. Yeah. But I don't think you realize. I wish you sent this to Sean. Why? I don't think you realize how upset the the Washington Why? fan base Why? would get if they drafted another defensive lineman again. Joe. <laughs> in the first round. Joe. Who are their defensive ends right now, Joe? I, I don't disagree with you, but <laughs> it, it it's just simply from the premise standpoint that if they – because they would do this. Like, let's be honest here. They, they would need to do this. They need to do it. <laughs> but from a premise standpoint, they drafted Montez Sweat, traded him away. They drafted yes. Chase Young, traded him away. And I don't wouldn't be surprised if they didn't do the same thing with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen over this upcoming offseason. It's just it, – it's just more of there is a need, but from the fact that they've been burnt so much and so recently, it yeah. would upset the fan bases. Joe, Joe here's the ends. I'm tell- I'm going to review the defensive ends on this roster real quick. Okay, are you ready for this? Okay. Stop me when you hear someone good. Okay. Stop me when you hear someone good. James Smith Williams, elite, elite football player. Casey Two Hill, uh, all pro. KJ Henry. Uh, underrated. Andre Jones Jr. I don't know who any of these guys are. Aylin Harris. <laughs> That's their okay. defensive end room. I I understand. I understand. Ah, yeah. You don't think that they wouldn't go offensive line though? You don't think that that wouldn't I, be the? I, I I thought about it, but I opted for a pass rusher because they have no pass rushers okay. on this team, Joe. Okay. Zero. To- <laughs> To get back to what we're talking about here with Jared Verse, I do – let's put it this way. I think that there's a wide range of spots that he goes in. I think that he's a first-round pick. Yep. I currently – and we'll, when we do our rankings, we'll probably dive into this, but I, I see he fits the billing of deserving to be the number one edge because unlike Dallas Turner, I feel like he's a little more put together and I know what I'm getting from him a little very bit more. Very different players. Very different yes. players. Yeah. And I think with Lee Tulatu, there's no existing injury history where I know, again, I know what I'm getting more with Jared Verse. Sure. Does he have the highest ceiling of some of these players that we're going to end up talking about? No. But do I think I know what I'm getting with him a little bit more? And do I know that he's extremely talented? I think that all sets him up to be the first edge taken. I, I think so too. I, I mean, look, I mean, the reality is, is that if Latu's medicals check out, could a team talk themselves into Latu? Sure. Could a team talk themselves into Dallas Turner? I think they absolutely could because that kid's going to run something stupid, man. He's going to test like, yeah. just phenomenally. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Jared versus the first edge, but he is going to be the first edge to me because I think he represents the best all-around profile to being that first edge off the board. Physicality, explosiveness, production, and still has a ceiling that he can reach to. So all that together, he is also my ed- top edge in this class. Bet Online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for fifty percent off your first deposit. That is a fifty percent welcome bonus. Bet Online, where the game starts. Lietu Latu, for me, man, is just—it's a difficult mental battle 
because I, I think, I think I you, I think you want to, I think you want to buy in a lot more than you actually have bought in at this point. I could be wrong about that. Okay. Here, here, here's, here's my, here's my thing with him. You and I have talked about him a lot, like just like in our personal text messages in from the summer to when we did the the scouting report episode or the ranking episode on him. You and I talk a lot about him because he's going to be a very polarizing name throughout this whole process because he he has the production. He has a lot of some of the traits that you look for, but yes, I agree with you. I, I feel bought in. I'm not as bought in as I think as some of, some people are because you can kind of tell from some people that are hyping him up on Twitter they don't I don't think they know necessarily know what they're looking at and I mm-hmm. don't think that they truly understand the severity of his injury history. So right. I'm bought in. I'm just not top ten bought in like some people are painting him to be. That makes sense. Uh, look, so this is where I am with Latu. First and foremost, you talked about it already. We talked about it in the summer. He has a very troubling medical background that he's going to have to answer to. He was at the University of Washington, medically retired because of a broken neck. That's a little bit that's a little bit disconcerting. I mean, there was a there was a reason that DK Metcalf fell into the late stages of the second second round because of the neck injury, right? So like that's scary. Latu for me, Joe, first of all, he looks the part. I think he was 6'4 and an eighth. I think he's 264 pounds. Like he's a good size, good looking rusher. He's got a crazy good frame. Like you watch yeah. him on film and you don't even realize he's 6'5, 265. Yeah. It's it's pretty nuts. Yeah. No, it really is. He's very cl- he's got a very clean frame. I think that he could still add power to that profile as well. I love the football player, Layatu Latsu, as far as there is no pass rusher in this class, in my opinion, that has a deeper toolbox than Layatu Latu. He has not just not just a rip, not just an arm over, not just a club uh, a club club rip, club swim. Like he's got a little bit of everything, man, mm. which is just really nice. He's got an inside counter. He's got a lot of tools in his toolbox, which matters, right? Like that transition to the next level. Guys that have a little bit of that advanced toolbox are usually the ones that have early on production. They usually don't have to develop as much. And he, you know, he so he looks the part. He plays the part from a technical perspective, and he plays hard, right? Like he plays really hard. I like all those things a lot. The issues I have, which we've talked about a little bit, the medicals are going to be a troubling thing. I mean, there's a possibility that it clearly checks out. And if it does, I think he probably does end up going in the first round because you just can't get those ready-made pass rushers the way that you have Leatu Latu. The other thing that kind of just makes me hold back a little bit, because I think he's decently bendy. I think that he's got pretty good hip flexion and everything and ankle flexion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, I just don't think he's a great athlete, man. Like, I think he's fine, right? Like, I think he's a solid athlete. I just didn't see explosive on film. I saw more. He's smooth, right? Like he's a smooth mover. It's good. It's functional, but I didn't see anything where I'm like, that is not a, t- I don't think there's a high upside to Layatu Latu. I think he's a ready-made pass rusher that the medicals check out. He could be a very valuable member to a, to a room. I just don't necessarily see high upside with him. I don't see tools as much as I do with some other guys in the class. That I don't disagree with. And that's also, part of the reason why I'm trying to be super realistic with it. And, that, and that's what I was saying earlier. And this is no knock on other people that do, um, you know, scouting or NFL yeah. analysts or whatnot, but we're already starting to generate this buzz and you start to see more and more people talking about Leo to Latu. 
it's very easy to watch him and see all the stuff that you talked about and get excited and be like, oh, look at look at all the things that he does. And I'm one of those people who really likes him, but I understand what you're talking about here. Physically, there is a cap, and I think that he's already at that physical cap. He could put on some more weight, and actually, I might even argue maybe it's to his benefit to put on a little bit more bulk and play uh, a different type of a role than what he was playing at UCLA because, to your point, he is not a very bursty, cut-you-down type of a player like Jared versus where he plants, he Mm -hmm. goes, he tackles the ball carrier, he blows through you. Latu doesn't have that. But what you just talked about there, what makes Latu valuable as a mid to late first round pick for a team that already has a built out uh, pass rush unit. Mm-hmm. This isn't for he's not for a team that's starting from scratch. This isn't yeah. like the situation with the Lions when they drafted Aiden Hutchinson or yeah. the Giants when they drafted Kayvon Thibodeau. It's nothing like that. Sure. This is a circumstance where You've got a couple bodies. The cliche that's going to get brought up are the 49ers or the the Ravens are the ones that, that are going to get brought up. You're getting somebody who's extremely savvy. He's very yep. creative as a pass rusher. He's got tons of moves. But the thing that juices me up, and I think that these developed and experienced defensive coordinators are going to see with him, is the guy's motor is unbelievable. Oh, like he is going to have – I think he's got the best motor out of any of the edge rushers I've watched and will probably have the best motor out of any of the players in the class. Go, I don't know if you watched the clips that I pulled – Mm-hmm. Uh, that I posted on Twitter. Go watch them. Oh, I blocked you. Did, so it was impossible. Oh, I I, I, yeah, you <laughs> muted me. I know you did because I'm too cool. You, yeah, you. Yeah, sure. By the way, I appreciate you uh, texting on Slack while we're. <laughs> I just noticed I'm that sorry. out of the corner of my eye. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just. I don't care. We both do. Yeah. What I was getting at though that there's those couple of clips that I posted, Ryan. There's like two different plays against USC where he misses. Where Caleb Williams, who's one of the most difficult to track quarterbacks in college football, he misses. And he completely loops back around full speed and comes back and finishes the play. It's almost Will Anderson-esque the way that he just plays past the whistle. And that shit, I'm in. You know, I'm in. If you've got the the technique, you got the motor, you're going to be successful. You just might not be a 15-plus sack guy in the NFL. No, no. You're probably more an 8 to 10, maybe a 12 occasionally. Like, that's probably more where you are. He... Joe, you're talking about comps, and I mean, there's a lot of guys that I think could be brought up here. I, man, he's just, I think he's just really, you know, you know, honestly, here's a different comp than the one I gave you yesterday because I think you you described him and I think you described him well as far as not a high ceiling, but the floor is incredibly high and he's just going to be a luxury pick. Dietrich Wise that plays for the New England Patriots is like one of those dudes where it's just like, like you look and you're just like Dietrich Wise, like 6'5", 265, he looks the part, but like, is he incredibly bendy? Is he incredibly explosive? No. But then he has like seven, eight, nine sacks usually where you're just like, he's just good, right? Like he's just a good football player. And I think that that is what Latu is. Latu strikes me as the perfect luxury pick for a playoff team. Similar, different players, completely different players. So people just don't understand what I'm saying here. Do you remember last year, two years ago, though, where the Kansas State Chiefs, who are, have been a consistently good team, at the end of the first round, they're like, you know who we're going to take? George Karloftis, because he's just a good player. He's just a good, right. good football player, and that's what he ends up being. And I could see the same thing with Latu, a team that is ready for another Super Bowl run or contention. The Philadelphia Eagles, right, were just like, you know what? We're going to take a shot at Leatu Latu. That's who we're going to take. But what you're talking about here, like I look at some of these teams that are picking in the in the back back twenty, um, 
like the Detroit Lions or somebody maybe that 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 could that could Opposite work of out. Hutchinson and yeah, yeah, right. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, like who? Sure. Demarcus Lawrence is is on the the end of his career, so maybe yeah. that that's a total luxury pick just to add I him think. to the mix. And that that would be frustrating as hell having an athletic freak and then the technically sound, uh, you know, monster that Latu is to yeah. pair them off of one another would That'd be, be nice. so difficult to deal with. Be nice. I, I don't know why I feel like it's so cliche when you get these productive college linebackers it's mm-hmm. so easy to just go baltimore raven you're a baltimore <laughs> raven. <laughs> right yeah no it makes sense man and yeah he, he honestly fits the style of a baltimore raven though they always like those six five two sixty plus like right like those thick stand-up yeah. rushers yeah. that are that are um you know that they, they play the three four outside linebacker type role. uh final thoughts on law too though before we wrap this up i i think that again there's situation won't matter as much for him in my opinion, there are some players every year that you're like, they are going to sink or swim depending on the situation that they are drafted into. Latu is a very safe football player. I could see him going to a team and helping pass rush significantly early on, whether they are a bottom dweller or whether they are a playoff contender. But I do think that he is most advantageous to a playoff contender that can take a little bit of a luxury pick and taking a guy that doesn't have the highest ceiling in the world, but is just going to be a good pass rusher on the NFL. That's my thoughts. It's kind of like, and I you said this with Karloftis. It's kind of like Felix uh, Enzuko Odama, or however you say it. DK Uzama. Inu DK Uzama. It's kind of like that where everyone's like, "What the hell? Why did he get picked there?" But you know, there's traits, there's there's capability for him, and and he was pretty productive in college. So it's like, I get it. He's just rotational, and then when some of these guys end up drifting off and going to other teams, you already have you know that depth available. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening with Latu. Next position group, what do you think we should do? What did we do last week? I don't remember what we did last week. We did receivers. I think well, we did receivers. I want to do corner. We should do corners. I watched McKinstry and Nate Wiggins. I like Nate Wiggins. We're going to end up Nate getting Wiggins him. Nate Wiggins is good, man. He's a good player, yeah. He might be CB1, man. I, he went. He was CB1 in my first mock draft. So, yeah, I'm there. Ah. I'm there. Over Kalen King, man. I love Kalen King, too. But, yeah. Kalen King had a rough year. We're going to break all that down. He didn't get Ohio State. He didn't have a rough year. No, I mean, dude, he had a couple, he had a couple shoddy games. Oh, I know. Just like Joel is, is inconsistent. All right. right. Yeah. Wait, wait. Okay. Wait, 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 what? wait. Let's what? be real. Uh, he, here we go. He, what? He wasn't, you and I had this conversation over text. Yes. He wasn't, he wasn't the same level of consistent as he was last year. I he's still a flat top five pick, dude. I disagree with that. I disagree. I think he was, I, I think he was as consistent on a worse offensive line this year. And I also think he was better in the run game than he was last year. Way better. I think that physically you saw him developed way more. Like his lower half, and I said this coming into the season, he needed to add more to his arms and he yep. needed to add more to his ass. And boy, did He's he. built like an NFL guy now. Like he yep. really feels like he is built and has the frame to play in the NFL. I don't have any more concerns about that. And you saw it show up in a lot of instances. Yep. I just thought there were a couple times where he. I felt like when I watched him the year prior, he never got beat. And I feel like there were a couple of times against Duke and against Louisville where he got beat. Joe, he got tripped by his offensive guard against Louisville. Stop That's using not Louisville's what I'm, ta- I'm not talking about that. that. <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah. All right. At Joe DeLeon at Rising Draft. We'll never agree. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks. We'll be back with more. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.